welcome back to Not So Southern Gentleman Network. And I'm Sean. And, man. This is it, dude. Episode 25, a quarter of a century. We are here. This is a big one. Uh, maybe not for news-wise, but for us. I mean, 25 episodes has went by already. I, I feel that's quite an accomplishment for me and you. We're 25 episodes seems like a pretty good amount of time. I'm happy with us. Well, you know, it's in perspective, thinking about 25 weeks of doing this. It has been a while. Um, it's hard for what we're doing, you know, our primary lives, our home lives. We've put 25 plus hours into this, and I love it. I absolutely love it. And I, w- I want to get 25 more. I want to get 50 more. I want to get 75 more and beyond. So uh, I think yeah, we're on the road. Yeah. Absolutely, dude. I am fully on board with as many as we can pump out. And, uh, you know, th- this is a special one because this is our first giveaway episode. If you listen all the way to the end of the episode, after the Have You Seen It segment, we will give the details of that. And this will be for either a iTunes or Google Play $15 gift card. And uh, we will have all the details at the end of the episode about how you can win one of these. And it will involve the listeners being active on social media. Now we're rolling into some news this week and then we got some big talking subjects. We've got a couple articles we want to talk about. Where do you want to start, Sean? One of my favorite things, my favorite news of the week, and it's really not even that big a news, but I was a huge fan of the Tick TV show. And I'd known for a little bit that Amazon was supposedly going to bring back the Tick. I I watched... Amazon does this every year where they they put out a bunch of pilot episodes. They allow people to watch them for a few weeks. And after you watch them, you can vote on which one is your favorite. And then, obviously, they compile all those uh, votes. And bam, you get to see whether the show you voted for gets a full season the tick will we will get a full season of the tick and it was awesome i loved the uh the amazon version now did you uh this first pilot program did you watch the first series that made it like um man in the high castle uh i did not i just watched the tick that that was the only one i really voted for for Right, no, uh, Man in the High Castle was, uh, the first time they did this was one of the pilots that they greenlit and they got a full series out of it. I've almost watched the whole thing, and of course, Man in the High Castle is based on the Philip K. Dick novel, um, and that show, that series is great, and, uh, we could talk about that more at some other time, but now The Tick is really exciting to see. Um, The Tick is one of those things, kind of like Firefly, where uh, you were a fan. Uh, there's a small community of people who love this. I mean, first and foremost, there's the comic people who love this, and then the people that love the uh, Fox Kids version of the Tick, the animated Tick, and then, of course, uh, uh, Putty himself being a live-action Tick. Patrick Warburton. Patrick talk, Warburton. Talk to Isn't the eight it? ball. Yeah, Pat- Patrick Warburton. That, that's it. You, did did it you steal my Jesus fish? It's awesome, but I'm excited for the tick and this new series, and I hope it does way better 
than the original series. Yeah, and uh, you know, but sadly enough, I never see... did watch the uh, the live action. I I only watched a little bit of it because it wasn't my speed. Uh, but now the animated series I did watch, and I do want to go back and watch the live action with Patrick Warburton because a lot of people adore that series. But uh, one of the things I wanted to talk about this week was the last Doctor Strange trailer got released, and um, uh, there's a little uh, little shaky on part of it, but I mean it could be kind of funny, and you know there's a there's a little joke that's made in it that's a little I don't know it doesn't it doesn't land ride on me but you know i'm still excited to see the movie so you you watched it and you didn't think the the mr doctor was funny <laughs> no well i mean it just it just didn't have a uh, it, it had an odd comic beat to it i mean it's fine i mean it, it's not going to take away uh, it's not like i'm not going to watch the movie i just thought it was kind of odd but i did have a question about That's cool. oh what do you got? This Illuminati rumor. What is that? Yes, that that you know, it, it, it's a rumor that possibly in Doctor Strange two or in a future Marvel flick that we may get to see the Illuminati. And I I had to do research because you know, as you know, so when I heard that the Illum- the Marvel Illuminati could possibly be in a future movie, I had to look it up. And that is Doctor Strange, Iron Man, Professor X, Reed Richards, Namor, and Invite Bolt. Now, if we see those names, we automatically know who we've seen. Who, who automatically we know Doctor Strange and Iron Man. Well, well, we got those locked up. Professor X and Reed Richards... And then also that would involve us getting new characters such as Namor and Black Bolt. And uh, where I had read this article, you know, there were there were just tons of people saying, you know, why wouldn't Fox be on board with this after seeing the success that Sony has had? And then it was just led on by everybody speculating as to who could be the best Namor and who could be the best Black Bolt. And I... I don't, I don't know either of them very well. I know Namor is basically the equivalent to Aquaman. And I know very little about Black Bolt whatsoever, other than he's uh, king of the Inhumans. Is that correct? Yes. Namor, of course, um, I, I think a lot better than Aquaman. He's always been a better character. Um, he's got a better backstory, a better... He's he, well. He's always been like an anti-hero. I mean, he was portrayed as a villain most of his time before the '80s, um, but he became more of an anti-hero because, of course, he's he's all about the Atlantans and, and protecting uh, the seas, and so he's not really fond of humans. But he works with everybody, you know, a love interest for Sue Storm to play off of Reed Richards. Uh, Black Bolt, yeah, is King of the Inhumans, and I don't know if you ever read the Illuminati series, uh, but it was really good. It, it's one of the things I did collect, and it, it was one of the lead-ins to uh, Secret Invasion, like the very last issue has where uh, they bring, uh, I think Wolverine brought um, Elektra's body to Tony Stark because whenever the New Avengers fought 
Electra in the hand, uh, when they killed her, they realized uh, her body reverted to a scroll. And Wolverine couldn't sense it, and nobody knew it. So that was what kicked off Secret Invasion. Um, and I, I would love for the Illuminati to show up. Um, just a, a cabal of these uh, uh, important characters in the Marvel Universe. It's a little packed to try to tell in, in, in the MCU right now. But if, like, I trust Marvel. If they decide to do it, I think they'll do it well. That sounds awesome. Um, I'm glad... You, you know a little more of it than I do, but it does sound like a lot to fit into a movie. And, you know, there, there have even been the rumors that, you know, Marvel has agreed to possibly do another 10 years of Marvel movies after Infinity War. You know, what is that? Phase three is done. So phase four would be another 10 years of movies. This could lay groundwork for those style movies, if they were ever able to put uh, aside the differences between Sony, Marvel, Fox, and uh, agree to all work together to create just an incredible product for all of us, that would just be awesome. Yeah, and I agree. Um, moving on to uh, a DC subject. Now, I saw this article. It was on Superhero Hype, and it's about um, the CW crossover is been revealed what the storyline is going to be, and it looks like they're going to use um, DC's Invasion storyline. Now, I'm not familiar with the storyline itself, which is um, a sister alien race that's technologically advanced, thinks the Earth is going to be a threat, and try to uh, wipe everybody out. Now, but Now, this is... Something that, uh, um, issues I would see when I was younger, first going to comic book stores and stuff like that, this is one of the things that would be on the walls, uh, you know, it, it, that like Watchmen issues or, uh, Crisis on Infinite Earths. This is one of DC's big crossovers, so uh, I'm happy to see that they're bringing, uh, some stuff like that into, especially the CW, and, uh, they've started showing more previews of the CW shows like Supergirl. Uh, they did, uh, they reiterated the uh, Fight Club advertisement from a few years ago. Uh, I think it was last year that they did the CW thing where all the characters were in a cage, you know, sparring. Um, and I'm really excited for the CW DC verse to start back up next week, starting with The Flash, I believe. And, uh, they also took that off of Hulu, which is... Uh, I'm not too excited about that. But they did what? make... They took it off Hulu? I, I was planning on getting Hulu in the next couple of weeks, and that's what I was going to use to be like, Hey, Rick, you're going to be proud of me. I'm going to get caught up on stuff. And I was going to use Hulu to do it. So that that's disappointing. Yeah, well, um, now, you can still use Hulu and watch, like, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and stuff like that, but the deal they made with uh, Netflix took all the CW off of Hulu. There'll be the seasons will hit eight days after the season ends on Netflix. But, now, they did free up. You'll be able to watch all the CW shows on the CW app, so you can stream it to your Chromecast. Hmm. If, if you right. want to watch it that way. so That's awesome. And now, see, I know nothing of 
House of Cards. Once again, it's something I don't know anything about, but it appears an actress, Molly Parker, who is famous for being in House of Cards, is going to be in something you're expecting to be awesome, which is the Lost in Space reboot. Yes, um, Lost in Space, uh, I've talked about before my, my love for Lost in Space. Even the movie, I, uh, I really enjoyed. I watched it the other day. I, only, I, I almost bought the Blu-ray on uh, when Hastings was uh, going out of business. But I am excited. I was very excited to see that it was coming to Netflix. Um, just fun of the Erwin the Allen series, uh, much like Air Voyage to the Bottom of the Sea, and uh, Lost in Space were, were some of my favorite parts of my childhood, like the 66 Batman series and and stuff like that. So I, I am excited to see what becomes of this. Um, now, oh, this is this is one that I thought was fun. Um, Dr. Grant and Dr. Malcolm from Jurassic Park are both, both going to be in Doctor Str- or Meet Dr. Strange, possibly. Now, uh, really? Yeah. I, I, uh, didn't, I didn't know what you had meant when you put in those in the show notes, so... That's well, pretty cool. We know that, uh, of course, Jeff Goldblum is playing. Oh yeah, I, the, the Grandmaster. This. Yeah. Well, right. uh, Sam Neill was on a junket or did an interview the other day and and just mentioned that he'd been on the set of Thor filming his scenes and nobody knows what his character is. But I'm I'm really happy to see. Uh, now I follow I follow Sam Neill on Twitter. I really like Sam Neill. He's been. One of my favorite actors since I first noticed him in Jurassic Park. Uh, he's great in uh, In the Mouth of Madness, um, which is based on a H.P. Lovecraft story. Uh, he's great in uh, The Hunt for Red October, where he's the uh, Sean Connery's, you know, uh, XO. Uh, right, yeah, that was a great movie. Oh, and one of my favorite horror movies, which I will be watching, uh, you know, before Halloween, Event Horizon. Absolutely great in that. Yes, very much so. Event Horizon that that should be on our. Uh, uh, have you seen it? Sometime one of us needs to pick that well, up it, because that's an incredible movie. Might be coming. I'm just telling you. <laughs> okay, okay, that's good to know. And it looks like we got a couple more subjects that you want to hit before we move on. Right. Um. You know, you, you we had discussed this one uh previously. Kevin Fahey was asked, you know, what he thought of Phase 1. And um, other than the changes to, you know, Ed Norton becoming Mark Ruffalo and Terrence Howard becoming uh, Dan... or um, Dan Patrice. Uh, Dan Dan the Tabletop Man. T- Ter- Terrence Howard became... Why can't you help me out here? Brody. Who is Brody? Uh, 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 what's his face? Terrence Stamp. Um, um, You're killing me. You are no help. Don, are Don, Don Cheadle. Don Cheadle. Don <laughs> Cheadle. You are terrible. God bless. You just keep antagonizing the situation, making it worse by throwing weird names out there. <laughs> I don't even know. Terrence Stamp. Yeah. Yeah. Zod. Zod is playing Rhodey. Good job there, buddy. Son of Stark, kneel before Zod! Oh, but <clears throat> what which, What do you feel is the biggest letdown of Phase 1? Or, or do you believe, do you agree with him and say it was the Incredible Hulk? Which I believe from this article was the biggest 
let down, he thought, from phase one. Uh, yeah, well, yeah. I mean, I'm a continuity guy. I would like to have seen those characters move forward. And at the time, it was a, it was a big blow. I mean, you know, that was the first shakiness you felt to the Marvel Cinematic Universe was, oh... We did. We lost Ed Norton. Oh gosh, you know he's he's a great actor. He did great in that movie. Uh, Terrence Howard. Oh, he's a big name actor. Oh, what are we gonna do? You know those those first growing pains you got from the Marvel Cinematic Universe were at the time. You know they were pretty pretty shaky. But I mean, in retrospect, you know Mark Ruffalo, um, Don Cheadle are great, and. You know, going back and watch. I've watched the first Iron Man movie a couple of times since, uh, probably since Winter Soldier came out, and I've watched the Hulk. I really enjoy that first Hulk movie. I don't know why people don't like it. Just like the uh, second Iron Man movie, I love both of those movies. I mean, are they the best movies? No, they probably are. You know, the least greatest movies is the best way I can describe that. There is no terrible. Uh, Marvel Cinematic Universe movie. I can I can totally agree with that, and I will say <clears throat> now that I've got his name, I like Don Cheadle better than Terrence Howard. Although I I do enjoy Ter- Terrence Howard. Uh, I think the only reason I say that is not because one is a better actor than the other, but I believe RDJ and Don Cheadle have better chemistry than Terrence Howard and RG- RDJ did. Yes, I agree. So, so did you? Uh, I, I don't know if we even said this at, at the beginning. T- today is Friday, September thirtieth. Wait, hold on. Before you go too far, we must note that today is also Force Friday, which our local Walmart did not observe because their toy manager is on vacation. I'm sorry for that, dude. I, I'm I've been on uh, working twelve-hour shifts all week. I have not had a chance to go to Walmart. I got to see people posting pictures of all sorts of cool stuff that they got from Force Friday. And maybe Sunday, when I get off work, I can stop by Walmart on the way home. But not only is it Force Friday, but something that we've been waiting to see. And I'll admit, uh, on my lunch break, I watched a full first episode of Luke Cage. You and sorry it, sucker. Dude, it is so good. It, it is seriously... It, it, it just feels great. It, it, it feels... It, you know how... Uh, the, the way I like to... It, it's very... Stylish. The way, it's, the way it's filmed. The way it's got a grit to it. Almost like a... Uh, uh, you know, a noir type movie or video game, but this was different because it's Harlem. It, it takes on a different feel, and I really like it. it. It has a totally different feel than Jessica Jones. It has a different feel than Daredevil. It is one of its own, and so, you know, I'm one episode in, but it's Netflix, it's Marvel. The first episode is just incredible. I don't expect a letdown at all. And I just enjoyed every moment of it. It is so cool. 
Yeah, I'm going to rip into it tonight. I'm going to possibly uh, 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 lose some sleep, so I'm ready for well, it, though. <laughs> well, you know, you, you can sleep when you're dead, right? Absolutely. Asa Butterfield, who was in Ender's Game, did did you see that? I, I did. Um, I think I think Ender's Game suffered from hype and... Uh, well, see, I, I watched it. It was a good movie. I've never read the book. I mean, I I've know. Read the book. Yeah, I've read the book, and I was fully pumped for it. Um, it. It did fall a little flat compared to the book, but what movie doesn't yeah, fall and, slightly flat compared to the book? And I did want to say, I'm not going to give a review of, of uh, Ender's Game, but I mean, it was, it was a good watchable movie. I think my son would enjoy it. Um, I didn't have a problem with it, and I thought that the uh, his wanting to see the other side, like the alien side of it, I thought that came through well. So, I mean, if they did another movie, I'd be happy to see that. That's right, and, and the whole reason that I bring up his name, Asa Butterfield, has expressed interest in wanting to be in the DC Entertainment Universe. And so, of course, in the article, uh, in the comments, people are saying, well, he could be this guy. He could be this guy. And the the two top suggestions that I enjoyed was Tim Drake or Damian Wayne. And I just wanted to get your feel on what you thought of that, either of those characters or what would you cast him as? Because we, we know he's a great young actor. Uh but where would you place him in the DC universe? Um, I, I I'm fine with either of those suggestions. Um, I wouldn't go for like a, a Nightwing or something like that, but a younger, uh, maybe well, Impulse or um, yeah, one yeah. of one of the side characters like that. Yeah, I could see that. Well, isn't okay. We're I know we're looking ahead and we're saying random things. And it's purely speculation, but if we know Nightwing is out there, we know Jason Todd is dead. Well, we uh, we don't know Nightwing is out there. They haven't said anything about um, Dick Grayson. At okay. All. Well, well, let's assume since we've seen the jokes on you costume that Nightwing is out there. Let's assume that Jason Todd is dead. Tim Drake isn't more than 14 or 15, would you say? And he's prime age. If you wanted to be training up a a Robin, he, he would make a good one. Um, I've I seen the, the, you know, the people throwing out the name for Damian Wayne, but there's that's just way too in-depth. We, we haven't been introduced to enough characters to bring in <laughs> Batman's son just yet. Well, I mean, that would be, it would be topical. I mean, uh, the Damian Wayne story uh, mirrors the Jason Todd a lot, but, I mean, people did turn on that character really quick, uh, the Jason Todd character, and, but now the Damian Wayne character, people, a lot of people really liked and were really upset with how his story uh, ended, uh, which, of course, you know, how could you not know... <sighs> what's going to happen to a child of Batman. But anyway, um, I don't think it would be too far off the mark to go ahead and do something like that. Um, I mean, you'd have to do Talia al Ghul and that kind of thing, but right. I, I can actually see that working in, in the current 
uh, DC Universe. That would be awesome. And, and like I said, that's not a big article. That was just me throwing something in there to get uh, some conversation piece going, and I wanted to see what you thought of those characters. Now, I know it, from what I can see, both of us have read some comics this week. Yeah, and um, I went back and visited something that we, we talked about on a previous episode. We were um, discussing the possibility of going back and looking at great storylines and comics that we wanted to put out there. And what I kept hit, bumping up against in my mind was the Marvel event Inferno. Now, if we've talked about a little about Inferno before, but I wanted to do a little in-depth review of uh, the story. Now, it takes place right after uh, the fall of the mutant storyline, which we'll, we'll talk about possibly at a later time. But um, now, are you familiar with Inferno? I... I'm not actually. Well, uh, Te- teach me, teach me, oh wise reader of comic books. Well, the reason I, I bring this up is because Inferno was one of the first storylines I was introduced to in in a, in a big crossover way. Um, there used to be uh, the way you get comics, especially in a rural area like where we lived. Um, now you've lived a bunch of different places and were had accessibility to comics all over the place. Um, I have used Mile High Comics uh, in my youth. My mother uh, let me actually, for my birthday, I think, uh, uh, write out a list of comics, and she wrote a check and sent off for some comics from Mile High Comics in the in a comic book, and got comics that way. Um, now Walmart used to carry packs of comics. You could still find like I've I've seen some at. Where was I? Like a TJ Maxx the other day had one of these old packs of comics. I was like, how, how, how did this thing from like 86 get here? But anyway, um, and I can't... Did you buy it? No, no, I didn't. It, it didn't have any great issues in it. But okay. because, I mean, that's what would happen. You'd have, you'd have some really weird pack stuff that they couldn't sell, and they'd sell it in a big like six-pack going, oh, here's great comics you can try out. But there was a particular like cardboard pack of comics you could get at Walmart at a certain time. Um, and it was whenever comics were $1.50. I can give you a year here real quick. Uh, it was around eighty nine ninety because that's whenever this comic was made. Uh, one of the first issues, I mean the first issue of the Inferno crossover I got was in this pack of comics. And it also had a Daredevil issue, which I'll talk about in a minute. X-Men number 242 was my first introduction to Inferno. And the Inferno storyline was where a couple of things were going on at the same time. Number one, it was kicked off by uh, uh, Demons Nazareth and Sim, who were from Limbo, where um, Ileana Rasputin was trapped for a long time. And they had a plan hatched with Madeline Pryor, who became the Goblin Queen, to sacrifice these children, including Nathaniel Summers, Cable, who was not Cable at the time, he was still a little baby, and unleash, open a doorway to Limbo Dimension so they could invade. Now, this over played out over time, it was like maybe a five-month crossover, and it ran through 
all the issues of characters that were from New York. It, it was it was primarily a X Men crossover, all involved with uh, X Men, X Factor, the X Terminators, the Power Pack, all them. But it also spilled over the New Mutants. It also spilled over to everybody in New York. Spider-Man, the Fantastic Four, the Avengers, Daredevil. And it wasn't just X-Men-centric. It was like Daredevil. Everything in New York was starting to change. Much like the... uh, (laughs) I'm starting to have a theme here. Much like the um, run of Cool and Goth, where New York was becoming sort of barbarian... Uh, right. In Inferno, New York was becoming demonic. Like, mailboxes were coming alive. Uh, if you look through a uh, telescope, you know, where you put a quarter in and look at the city, it may steal your eyes out of oh, your head. Geez. You know, and, and like, uh, there's a, there's an issue I was reading earlier. I was skimming through some of these just to refresh. There's, like, uh, a demon uh, deli shop workers and, and people jumping into... Uh, meat grinders and coming out as uh, demon uh, buckets of blood and wow yeah there's like a there's one scene in a in an X Factor or an X Men comic where a bunch of people are trying to get out of the building because it's going it's it's uh, rising on its own and they all get in the elevators and then the elevators just go to the bottom like just drop and the doors open and there's nothing but blood and skeletons rolling out. And, uh, oh my goodness. Yeah, I mean, it was really kind of intense. And, uh, um, like, Spider-Man had a storyline where, of course, the stuff in New York was being affected. The Hobgoblin, who was a person, you know, in an, in an outfit, like the Green Goblin, made a deal with one of the demons for uh, actual demon powers. But in the process, he started becoming an actual Hobgoblin. And that ran through the Spider-Man uh, stories, even, and that is also uh, a run of to- where Todd McFarlane was on Amazing Spider-Man at the time. So those issues are done by Todd McFarlane. Uh, I have a couple of Web of Spider-Man issues in in front of me uh, that are involved in it, and then also uh, Daredevil. This is one of my favorite Daredevil runs. Uh, John Romita Jr was working on Daredevil at the time, and Daredevil fought Mephisto. Because it included in all this demon stuff, Mephisto thought he'd put his two cents in and try to get Daredevil's soul. So all this is going on, but it's tangential. The stories are tangential to the X-Men primary story that's going on. All these other stories are still happening, but being affected by the same stuff. And it's just really, really enjoyable. I, I really liked the Inferno storyline and I would recommend it to anybody. You can go out that to uh, awesome. the Marvel database and it it has a reading order of all the issues uh, in, involved in the story. Now, of course, the primary is wrapped up in uh, the X-Men stopping Madeline Pryor and and the the demons and they do and it ends up being Mr. S- you find out the origin of Madeline Pryor, how she was a clone Mr. Sinister had made of Jean but he couldn't... Uh, he couldn't bring it to life, and then when the Phoenix Force, when she died on the moon, it sent her consciousness back to the bo- her actual body that was in the Hudson River in a cocoon, but it mistakenly went into 
Madeline Pryor's body, so that's why there were two of them. Holy crap. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's kind of convoluted, I mean, but you're getting into the mythology of X-Men and all that stuff. But the Inferno storyline, absolutely great. I absolutely recommend you, you find those issues. I think there's a collection out there, a trade paperback, where you can do most of the X-Men stuff. I don't know if the uh, uh, related, you know, the extra Fantastic Four, Daredevil. The Daredevil run is great. Absolutely great. Yeah. Um, and I do recommend it. Now, I, I, I put these together because I've seen that you mentioned Daredevil in your uh, what you wanted to talk about. Right. And, and you know, um, uh, anybody that follows me on Twitter or um, is active in a Facebook group that I'm in knows I, I went to a local, I finally went to a local comic book shop that's about an hour away. I say it's local. An hour away is fairly local for us still, called Collector's Paradise. And if you're in Arkansas, if you're in Cabot, I highly, highly suggest going to Collector's Paradise. It is an incredible store, and I, I could go on about them, but that ain't about them. Their dollar bins are just off the charts awesome. And I picked up, uh, you know, I want to start reading more. I, I stated that previously. So I picked up uh, some Daredevil issues, and one of the ones I picked up was Daredevil 295. On the cover, it has Daredevil writing with uh, the Ghost Rider, who is Danny Ketch at the time. And uh, it opens with, apparently, uh, the Commissioner's daughter has been kidnapped by the Hand. And Daredevil's working on getting them. Well, it, it's not just the Commissioner's daughter that's been kidnapped. It's all these like powerful like mob people or their sons or daughters. Anyway, they've been captured. Well, in the middle of fighting the Hand, all of a sudden, here comes... Uh, Ghost Rider, and um, this story was just instantly, I was like, oh, what, what's going on? Because Daredevil's like, you know, I don't really agree with the way he does things, but right now I'm outnumbered. I need to let him do his thing. Well, in the process of fighting the hand, Ghost Rider gets stabbed in the eye, and uh, Daredevil goes to break up the ninja and Ghost Rider, and he has a flashback. For some reason, uh, Ghost Rider was doing penance stare, and Daredevil got caught in the middle of it, and he's seen what this ninja's training was like, and it it was just an incredible story. I really enjoyed it. It ended with uh, wh whatever happened to Ghost Rider after being seen, stabbed in the eye, and then having to be split up with uh, that ninja caused him to pass out, and he became Danny Ketch again. Uh, Matt picks him up and takes him to the hospital, and he leaves off. Uh, Daredevil has tracked down the hand and all their kidnapped victims, and, and that's where it was left off. So I, I'm stuck. I, I don't know how it ends. <laughs> and uh, I, I will hunt down Daredevil 296, and finish that because I want to see how it ends. Um, it, it was a fun story. Like I said, y you have way more knowledge than that. So when I read just a fun episode or a fun episode, a fun uh, issue like that, it is just uh, real, really entertaining. And that that's not the only comic I read this week. Um, for any 
people that have been listening lately, they know that I'm a big gamer, and one of my favorite game series is Dark Souls or Bloodborne. I, I love the Soulsborne stuff. Well, I found some Dark Souls comics, and I grabbed the number one. Uh, it Once again, it's going to be something that I'm going to have to keep hunting for one, two, you know, the continuous series. I don't even know how many is in the run. But if you love the art from Dark Souls, the, the art from Bloodborne, I highly suggest picking up these comics. They are horrifically beautiful. Um, you know, the, the gore, the blood, the guts, all that stuff is there, but it's so gorgeous. And I'm hoping that this leads us into the lore that we, we get with Dark Souls. Um, when Bloodborne came out, there was a ton about the lore. We got a lot of the backstory and a lot of people, a lot of YouTubers helped fill in the plot holes and give us an incredible story. Well, Dark Souls, there's so many different paths that all of us could take between Dark Souls 1, 2, and 3 that it's really tough to know where the lore is and where you are in a storyline because there's a bunch of different endings that you can piece together to come up with a totally different story. Uh, episode or Issue 1 of this Dark Souls I had uh, had a character named Aldrich which I need to read on because if you've played Dark Souls 3, you know um, Aldrich, Devourer of the Gods, is a boss that you have to fight. Is this the same Aldrich? I do not know. So if you get a chance to read the Dark Souls comics, uh, join with me. Let, let's see if this lore is something from the game. And let, let's, I'm excited for that, man. Uh I've really got into, like, you, you keep saying I'm going down a rabbit hole. And I've fallen into the comic rabbit hole. And uh, I, I'm enjoying the ride so far. But that's all I've got for comic books. But you went to see a movie at, at the Melba, didn't you? Yeah, uh, this week uh, Melba was playing Kubo and the Two Strings. And I have heard great things about this movie. Now, of course, this is a stop-motion animation feature from the people that brought you um, Box Trolls, which was also a great movie, I heard. I have not watched that yet. My son really loved it. Uh, but Kubo and the Two Strings is a story about a... Uh, it's it's a mythical story, like the boy... His mother protects his boy from his grandfather, who is the moon, uh, who has stolen one of his eyes, and her two sisters, who are some sort of Japanese demon kind of sorceresses are hunting them. Gosh, it, this movie is beautiful. It's uh, a well-told... Like something that you kind of need to see to understand, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, and it, it's a well-told story. It's beautiful. The animation is great. The You've got to... A lot of people just don't like stop-motion animation they think it's weird. They think it's uh, disconcerting, and I don't know what to what gets you past that. But like movies like Nightmare Before Christmas, uh, Coraline, Corpse Bride, Box Trolls, uh, Kubo uh, the Two Strings board. are just really great movies. I think everyone needs to give a chance and watch. And Kubo is up there. Um, 
my my first and foremost favorite is always going to be Nightmare Before Christmas. I don't know what can change that, but Kubo and the Two Strings is a strong second. That's um, awesome. It's it's has one of the biggest stop motion animated characters ever. I mean, it it is the number one biggest. Um, it's a great told story. Uh, Matthew McConaughey, um, Furiosa. Oh, uh, uh, Charlize Theron. Char- Charlize Theron is in you, it. You see how I helped you there? Yeah. Rather than feeding you a, a line? Yeah, yeah. But uh, really, really great. I mean, if you have a chance to watch it, uh, you know, I, I got to see it for $4. Took my son. Right. We both loved it. Uh, and they're they're showing uh, Star Trek Beyond this week, by the way, and I'm gonna we're gonna go watch that, and I'll have a review about that. Sweet, finally one of us gets to see it. But uh, if you get a chance, this will be a movie I will own. So when it comes out, it, it's owned. I will watch it again, and that's that's pretty much all the movie stuff I have now. TV wise, I've been watching Lost again, and I forgot how much I absolutely absolutely love the character of mr echo i wondered what you put on here when you put i miss mr echo i had to google and make sure that no one had died yeah like i was like did did i miss something uh but no if if you okay so so you want to do a little lost thing uh so did echo i mean obviously no 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 um, no, I no, nothing is has gone on. I've just been watching Lost. Okay. Uh, I, the last episode that I'm on as of this moment is uh, um, crap. Henry Gale has showed up. So, oh boy! Yeah, we're 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 Mr. Echo story is is Man. not not finished being told yet. But nice. I forgot how great of a character he is. How sympathetic he is and then you discover his backstory and and there's a beautiful moment between him and um claire claire yeah yeah the girl with the baby the girl with the baby sister stop (laughs) um spoilers but yeah i mean uh, i really really loved his character i mean that's the first place i saw him um you know and you know due to circumstances outside the show you know we didn't have him very long him or Anna Lucia and good riddance I'm I'm, I'm enjoying now uh, let's be clear you're saying good riddance to Anna Lucia not Mr. Echo oh yeah as and, I recall Lucia, you really like Anna Lucia can suck the big one dude screw her as I recall Don't you really like Mr. Echo too yeah I like Mr. Echo I, I do not like Michelle Rodriguez as most of her characters, I, I do not care for most of them, especially Anna Lucia. Ah, <laughs> oh, Shannon. Okay. Anyway, <laughs> I just wanted to bring up such like I'm seeing so much more now. Watching it again, uh, like well, first time I watch it, I miss that Kate's dad shows back up whenever uh, uh, part of Saeed's backstory is told. Oh yeah, and um, of course, in that same backstory, you meet Kelvin, who you don't know as Kelvin at the time. Yep. And, okay. Yeah. Uh, I- I'm gonna say before we get to the have you seen it, let's give the details of the giveaway. You want to do it now? 
Let's do it now. All I right. mean, they've been listening. They've, they've earned it. And, and this is before our biggest, uh, what we enjoyed the most. I love the Have You Seen It. So let's give the details of the giveaway. Go ahead. Okay. If you want a $15 iTunes or Google Play gift card, what we need you to do is uh, the day this podcast is put up, we will put a post on Facebook. We will put a tweet on Twitter. You will need to follow us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, and then share that post with, in the comments of that, share it or retweet it and comment back with your favorite comic book character and then hashtag giveaway. Um, From the day this is posted, if you can do that, I will go through at the end of the week. We will, uh, from the week this episode is posted, I will then take all the names of all the retweets and all the shared posts, confirm that you follow us on Twitter and Facebook, and then I will put all those names in randomizer.org and I will contact, we will announce the winner, and I will contact you via DM or private message on Facebook. And uh, I'll have whichever card you prefer within a day. I'll just run out to Walmart and pick it up. And then uh, I'll scratch off the back and send you a picture. And you'll have a $15 iTunes or Google Play gift card. Um, We really enjoy this podcast. We really want it to take off. Getting the word out there is the key to us. I mean, not that we're looking at. Obviously, at the beginning of this, we're excited at number 25. We look forward to number 100. We're not going anywhere, but we would love to expand our listener fan base. And giveaways seem to help that. And we are more than willing to give $15 to somebody that lives or listens to us on a weekly basis. We enjoy each and every one of you that listen to it. I enjoy it when I see one listen go up on an episode, and I'm like, oh, I want to know what they thought about it. Well, this is your chance. Message us, tell us what you think, and then reply with your favorite comic book character and hashtag giveaway, and we will get back with you in a week or so. Uh, less than that, a week from this is posted. And Rick, if you have nothing else, we can go into the Have You Seen It segment. And I got one that I bet you haven't seen. You're probably correct. My question for you, sir, is have you seen it? I refer to the 1993 movie True Romance. No. No. This movie stars Christian Slater, Patricia Arquette, Gary Oldman, Christopher Walken, and James Gandolfini. It was directed by Tony Scott and written by Quentin Tarantino. Now, if all those names don't make you go, I need to see this movie, you need to see this movie, man. Christian Slater plays a character named Clarence. Patricia Arquette plays a character named Alabama. They uh, they meet in Detroit. I believe they fall in love there. They end up stealing a bunch of cocaine, which they believe... At the time is... Trisha Arquette's a hooker, by the way. (laughs) Christian Slater believes he's picking up her clothes as they run out the door and they're going to run away together. Well, he ends up stealing a bunch of cocaine from Gary Oldman and they take off to L.A. Well, Tony Soprano himself, James Gandolfini, goes to 
hunt them down and stuff happens and it's just a fun movie the names associated with this movie my wife showed me this movie i'd never seen it until probably six years ago and i was like this is a really good movie i don't know how it did on box office i don't know what you know 1993 there's no way i've seen a movie like this in 1993 so it is an older one you may have to look it up I don't know if it's on any streaming services, but let me tell you, this is an incredible movie. Uh, the cast is awesome. Obviously, the director, Tony Scott, the writer, Quentin Tarantino. In, in my opinion, th- those are two greats, two romance. You need to check it out. Yeah, I hear people refer to this movie a lot, especially diehard Quentin Tarantino fans. They count this, even though he didn't direct it, uh, they say his writing's in it enough that it is It is a, definitely a Tarantino movie. You can feel it. You can feel it, for um, sure. And, you know, there are scenes people talk about from this movie, I mean, that they just uh, repeat. Uh, it's, a, it's a big, impactful movie to a lot of people. I need to watch it. You need to. But my question of have you seen it is the Johnny Depp movie... Rango. Yes, I saw it in theaters. And if you're unfamiliar with the movie Rango, Rango is a computer animated feature. Johnny Depp is a he's a chameleon. He's a chameleon. And Cowboy. he ends up uh, he's how do I describe this movie? So, uh, like at the beginning, he's a pet and there, he's traveling across the desert, and one of my favorite things about this movie. Uh, yes. The car bounces. He gets thrown out. Uh, there's a whole sequence of him bouncing around car to car, which he runs into um, uh, the characters from Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas, which yes. is absolutely great. Uh, and then he ends up in the desert alone and meets meets a girl. And goes to this town and becomes a sheriff and and has to f- figure out a mystery and it's this movie is very funny different movie references left and right uh, some of the greatest westerns uh, in history are referenced in this movie especially Spirit of the Desert which I absolutely love what they did there and man the movie is funny uh, the behind the scenes now also. They acted out this movie, even though it was animated. It wasn't just them in a studio doing voice work. They were in full sets acting out these characters. Oh, that's awesome. Uh, if, I didn't if, know that. Yeah, if you watch some of the special features, you catch you, they give you glimpses of all these characters together acting out as humans, but they're all reptiles and turtles and, and all that kind of thing. It's a really enjoyable movie. I know some people who uh, can't watch it, they're like, Ugh, it's lizards. Why would I watch that? But very funny. Very funny. I, I My son loves this movie. I love this movie. Uh, I highly recommend it. It's one of my favorite animated movies. I, I agree with you. We own it, and uh, I haven't showed it to Jax yet. He's getting to the point where... You know, he, he's finally sitting down and watching cartoons and stuff, so I may have to show that to him sometime. Yeah, um, I, I recommend that. Now, when we move on to our next... I, I'd like to go first here, because I've oh, got, I've got I, little I to say. I would recommend you go first. Because <laughs> it looks like you've got more to say about yours. But, um, in our Don't See It, let me tell you about the only movie I've ever walked out of. Primary Colors. <laughs> Primary Colors is a movie that is based loosely on Bill Clinton, basically. 
Yes. Uh, it stars John Travolta, Emma Thompson, Kathy Bates. <sighs> the you mo- walked out. I walked out. The movie, I don't know what I was thinking. I, I thought it was funny, going to be funny, a mockumentary, something like that. It was very derivative, very boring, and turned in mi- midway through the movie, turned into the Kathy Bates whining about everything movie. Got up, walked out, never been so pissed at a movie. I've had I've had people talk beside me during a whole movie I enjoyed, and I was not as mad as watching this movie horrible movie do not see this movie if you have seen it and want to argue that it's a good movie i'm not your man i'm not going to listen to it i'm hanging up the phone just don't well, don't watch this movie well, lo and behold i must have listened to you i've never seen it man i can't believe you know i don't want to see it ever but a movie that makes you mad enough to walk out of the movie theater has got to be pretty bad so i'm not even going to touch it that that's just incredible i uh I'm blown away that a movie made you walk out. That's pretty cool. And don't get me wrong. I liked, at this time, John Travolta was, you know, doing real well. I mean, his uh, his comeback with uh, Michael and Phenomenon was in. Uh, I knew he'd done well in Pulp Fiction. I hadn't seen it at that point. But his star was back on the rise at this time. Right. And that's, I I remember that being the basis. Like, well, I'm going to give him, he was great in Michael. I really liked that movie. That's a movie I'd recommend. And Phenomenon, I thought was a really great movie. No, nobody else I knew seen it. Uh, I saw it on home video and I thought it was great. And then this came out and I was like, well, let's, let's watch. Oh God. (laughs) What have I done? Bad idea. What have I done? Now, now if I can go into mine, in my notes, I wrote, Horrid, atrocious pile of feces, written by M. Night Shyamalan Ding Dong. When I say that, I mean the movie The Happening. H- have you seen this movie, The Happening? I have not. Uh, would you? Be- I mean, would you go say that you know Mark Wahlberg is a pretty well-established, good actor? You know, um... have you seen Four Brothers? I mean, come on, the guy can act. Yeah, I mean the guy. The guy can act. I've been, I've enjoyed some of his movies. Shooter, I thought was really good. I keep whenever I think of his movies, I, I I actually go into one of his brother's movies where he was surprisingly good, which is um, Ransom. Yeah. <laughs> which I, I have to remember. Oh, that's not him. That's that's uh, what's his face. That's uh, Danny. That's uh, yeah. Yeah. That's one of those. And, guys. and this movie also stars Zoe Deschanel. I put Bones's sister, who who is you know on New Girl. And she's okay. I really enjoyed her in Elf. But either way, the point was is these are both established to be pretty good actors. And I've never – I don't know what direction was going on on set. These two couldn't – you would think they were first-timers on screen. They both acted horrible. And the this movie is apparently from – the one time I've seen it, plants are trying to kill us by forcing us to kill ourselves in, in some of the most weird way possible. You know, jumping off buildings by the thousands, uh, jumping in front of moving cars, uh, uh, one of the most notable, laying down in front of a moving lawnmower. That, that's pretty hilarious. And the acting from everybody in the whole movie is terrible. There is a scene with that uh, it, it keeps getting played on YouTube and stuff where 
they are you know they're they're out running this thing they're out running the plants that are killing people they end up in the middle of this field they find this old lady and they go in and uh she's instantly suspicious of them who wouldn't be suspicious of strangers when you live in the middle of nowhere yeah i just remember one of the lines she's like are you gonna kill me and mark warwick's like no no we're we're not gonna kill you no it's just a horrible movie and the fact that you haven't seen it automatically makes you a better person if you have seen it like i have we've lost a little bit of our soul and m night Shyamalan owes us a little bit of our soul back because that is just an horrid atrocious pile of feces i don't have anything more that's that's really sad because m night Shyamalan has done some of my favorite movies that are really up there like uh number one of course unbreakable is an amazing movie. That's going to make it on our Have You Seen It sometime for me. I I, love Unbreakable. Absolutely. I mean, that was... I mean, I can't say that was the real first comic movie, but there's a lot of things there that people that are fans of that genre really, really took to. I mean, it was told well. Uh, The turn... Now, of course, M. Night Shyamalan's known for his turns in movies. Um, the turn in it's pretty good. You, I didn't see it coming. The signs is, I love signs. I watch it at least once or twice a year. Uh, really good. Uh, Obviously, and, Sixth Sense put him on the map. <laughs> yeah, the Sixth Sense put him on the map. Um, and even his other movies that aren't aren't really high rated. Um, Don't say the village. I Don't. thought I thought the village was okay. I mean, I know a lot of people were turned off by the turn. Uh, I thought the village was fine. Uh, I, don't, I figured I don't it out ha- about ten minutes into it. I don't have a problem with the village. Um, girl in the lady in the water. I, I thought was kind of funny. It was a different kind of story, and of course, Paul Giamatti carries carries that movie. Yes, uh, uh, underrated he, film. Yeah, underrated film. Yeah. I I enjoy Lady in the Water. Now, of course, I avoided the happening like like uh, a gasoline and a fire together. Just. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I heard how bad it was, and I just didn't bother with it. And I will say something controversial: Avatar, the Last oh. Airbender. Let me finish. You better watch. You better Let me watch finish. It, man. Let you me know finish. What audience, we you have. You know what audience you're speaking to right now? All right, let's hear it. Let's hear it. Calm your jets, there, buddy. The Last Airbender. <laughs> if here's the problem with that movie. It's like everybody who 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 would be enraged right now has seen the show. Uh, the the cartoon it's based on, which is one of the best cartoons in the modern era. Uh, watched it from start to finish. One of the best stories, one of the best animations, some of the best character work. You know, something really, really hard to live up to. And, and that's not an excuse. But M. Night Shyamalan came out and said, I watched this with my family. I love this stuff. I love the source. You know, once again, piling some more stuff to live up to. And then it's like... Whenever, whenever they show powers used in the movie, the cartoon was at eleven, and he turned it down to a two. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And yeah. I mean, but everything else was kind of okay. He took away the story as well. But well, I mean, it was told up to the uh, the Moon Princess, which was the first season, maybe of Avatar. I don't remember. Uh, I'd have to go back and watch it sometime. But. <sighs> He just, uh, he set himself up to fail. Yeah. And I just yeah. don't know why 
the power scale was way the hell off. I mean, it's like you were trying to show Magneto using his power, and instead of him pulling a building down and throwing it at somebody, he moved a pin off the desk and hit you with it and it fell to the ground. I mean, it was just weird choices in that movie. <laughs> but yeah, the yeah. movie itself, the story and everything, the actors were okay. I mean, if the power was amped up, if he'd went Michael Bay with with the powers and stuff, I think it would have oh been God, fine. Dude, that's a that's a flavor combination that doesn't need to happen. The M. Night Shyamalan and Michael Bay paired up to bring you nothing. Never. Please don't. I, I don't... W- explosions with a twist. <laughs> the explosions weren't real. They were dead all the time. Oh, my God. Dude, you know what? You know what? Here, on you can find me on Twitter at Maynard98. You want to go into it, but we're not going to. We're not going I'm to not go going into there. it. Okay, we'll, we'll do find, that later. You can find both of us on Twitter at NotSoSouthernGs. We cannot wait to do 25 more and give you even better prize in the, at, on number 50. Ricky, where can they find you at? At Ricky Westbrook on Twitter. You can search Facebook, Not So Southern Gentleman. Uh, you know, uh, send us a message. Like, don't like. I've heard I may be taking some heat for my uh, opinions on He-Man. Bring it on. <laughs> I, I want to have a discussion. We're here for you. And, uh, you know, let us know what you think. So, for Not So Southern Gentleman, I am Ricky. <laughs> and I'm Sean. And I don't even have a sign-off because the explosions were dead the whole time. It just threw me off. Y'all have a good week. You mean they were dead the whole time? No. No, they weren't. Have a great night.